Refreshing, delicious and packed with the good stuff. It's The Juice with Louise Wilkinson on Newcastle Live Radio. If you have a child or you are child adjacent in any way, you will have heard about the new Disney smash hit Encanto. And you probably know all of the lyrics to the breakout hit from that movie, We Don't Talk About Bruno. But there is actually a lot to talk about with this movie. Our parenting expert Mel Burgess from Love Parenting is along to discuss the, well, quite rich tapestry that is Encanto. Welcome, Mel. (laughs) Rich tapestry. I love it. It is, isn't it? Woven thick. It is. Woven thick. It is. So, look, um, I have watched this movie uh, quite a few times, I must say. uh, I have a lovely little four-year-old in my life who is absolutely obsessed with Encanto. But what struck me was there's a lot more as an adult, I guess, that that we can learn from this movie. Oh, so much. Intergenerational trauma delivered through a Disney movie with, um, you know, a female lead character who's um, perfect the way she is. Yes. Far out. What a, what a shift for Disney. Absolutely. And hats off too, because usually you find that the, the parental figures in Disney movies are sort of perfect and they deliver the lesson. But in this one, the tables are turned. So for those who haven't seen it, it is uh, set in Colombia and Mirabelle is the protagonist and she is sort of the youngest daughter in the family. And all these daughters, all of the, the children in the family have these amazing and gifts that were passed down and the matriarch Abuela uh, was had had triplets and had to flee a um, some unrest in their country and in the process her husband died and that's when uh, the magic was was made when he died uh, through a candle and all of the uh, the people in the family actually have some sort of gift. And uh, and it's so there's a, a girl that is incredibly strong. There is one that can hear things from 10 miles away. Uh, there is one that can, you know, wave her hands and flowers fall from the air. Uh, everyone has a gift. However, Mirabelle, when it was her turn to actually get her gift, the door that she was meant to turn to open the open the door to get her gift went dark and she didn't get one. And she's the only one out of the family who didn't get, in air quotes, a gift. But she brings a lot more to the family, doesn't she? Yeah. And if we're thinking about this in terms of a parenting journey, mm. Abuela losing her, losing her husband in a refugee experience with what looked like newborn triplets, what an arrival to parenthood. Yes. Um, so it's no wonder that things played out and that she white-knuckled her way um, through trying to create perfection because she believed the the miracle was her second chance to get things right. So it's just a, a frame-up of not just parents who come from, a, you know, a refugee experience, but any parent that's trying so hard for it to be an amazing and perfect experience who are attached to outcome like there's it's it's attached to outcome on steroids isn't it to to see this movie done so colorfully and and lightly but powerfully yes yeah and that's what really got me yeah yeah the dynamics um that then that then play so 
yeah, there's there's Bruno that's a um, yeah becomes a black sheep of the family because in her stressed state, without having had a chance to really grieve and um, process and do all the things, as well as not got room for him and his difference, which seems counter opposed to to what she's got, you know, in her mind for how the family should look and be. Yes. And so, yeah, he is cut off. The 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 key song becomes about him. But, um, yeah, just in so many families there's the person that doesn't get spoken about because they don't fit the culture of the family and they weren't okay the way they were. Yes. Or they aren't okay um, bringing what they bring and they become a scapegoat for we would be okay except we've got – Bruno in that generation and then Mirabelle becomes in the generation down um, the one that ruins everything. So like they would be okay and the events would be perfect if Mirabelle just kept out of it. So she's she's, um, conditioned to believe that she's not enough. Yes. And so they're all conditioned to believe they're not enough because they've been pigeonholed in terms of their gift um, yeah, Louise is strong, but there's no room for her to be anything other than strong. Yes. Um, so it's not okay for her to have sad feelings or other feelings. And then the crushing weight of needing to be only that, um, Isabella can only be the pretty perfect one. And it's so nice, isn't it? Watching her bust out of that. Like that yes. was, that was one of my favorite scenes. The cactus appears and she's like, Oh, Oh, yeah. I don't have to be, you know, exactly what, um, yeah, essentially Abuela, but also the culture of the family just has allocated to me. Yes, absolutely. Well, what we might do is we'll take a short break and when we come back, we might talk about what intergenerational trauma is and what it looks like and uh, how we can draw the the comparisons from this movie and the lessons that we might be able to learn that we can take into our own family dynamic. Today, we're talking about the Disney hit Encanto. I'm sure that if you have young children in your house, you will have seen this and if you're anything like me, multiple times. But there is some important lessons that we can glean from this movie. And today, no, we're not talking about Bruno specifically, but we are talking about intergenerational trauma and how that shows up in the movie. Now, Mel, let's just take a, a little step back. In the first section, we talked about uh, the the storyline and how that was showing up. But what actually is intergenerational trauma? Um, it's when... Something that's affected one member of the family, um, trauma-wise, is then at play in the way that they parent and it goes down into the next generation. And an example might be, well, well in this case, it's that um, Abuela was in a such a stressed state, mm. probably didn't have you know the same avenues for support that we these days have. And even with support, we still, we still carry patterns that we um so she was parenting her kids out of fear and so fear will often be um the reason that intergenerational trauma goes down a generation because from a fear state we don't parent with an openness um to yeah there's not there's not spaciousness for the kids to be who they are yes um or um yeah or for the outcome to be um yeah, like uh, what would you call that? Um, 
what's the word, organic? Yes. You know, from a fear state, we we get attached to outcome and we get an idea of what what it needs to be and we get very rigid in our thinking. And so that rigidity shows up in, like, you know, most families really Mm. um, to differing degrees. And I'm I'm thinking about my husband grew up in Woolgoorga, which is um, an example, and there was a lot of um, Indian indentured labourers there for the banana um, growing and which meant that he went to a school where I think 50% of the kids were Indian in like mm. a, you know, north of Kofsaba, um school. And so those families had often come to Australia with a grandparent, like a well, yes. um, and who whose role was to help them keep their, well, who took on the role of um, keeping their culture, which obviously is um, something that sticks them together um, in terms of what their rituals and beliefs and things are. But coming up to to year 12, like some of the kids would go back to India and they're like, wow, like it's it's loose over in India like compared to yes. how how our grandparents here or our parents um, have expectations of it. Like we were at nightclubs and doing all the things. And so out of fear that their kids would be contaminated by – the Western culture of, um, like you know, which uh, which has some confusing um, and scary um, risk factors. Yes. Um, the 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 parents and grandparents, you you know, like that term white knuckle keeps coming up, but they're like, oh, we've got to control it, and the control easily slips into, especially in a refugee experience, it slips into making the most of opportunity, which is usually education. Yes. And a lot of pressure on on kids to, yeah, really be appreciative for the opportunities that they've got. And Mirabelle, yeah, is also talking about, you know, you you suffered so that we could have the second chance and, um, you know, everyone's well aware that they have to do it, they have to be the way that Abuela needs yes. and that they need to put their own needs secondary. So, um, yeah, so a lot um, – of the students, for example, we've hosted um, from the uni that have come to live with us. Yes. Like there's been 27. Heaps of them have chosen university um, courses that, that are a parent's choice because, um, yeah, their parents are really keen for them to make the most of the opportunity. Yes. And, it, yeah, it's tricky mental health-wise if we, as parents, go too far down that path, we can – influence but if we try and control we end up with um mental health trickiness young yes a midlife big midlife crisis when there's been you know 20 years in dentistry and it's like oh you know oh whatever five years in dentistry and that's not my have to start again yeah that's yeah like i'm i'm just moving through my days but um yeah and so it's really hard for the parents or grandparents in that in that state to be invited to consider that differently Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I mean, we're talking about sort of like an experience where this was a refugee experience and this was quite extreme. But I think to a lesser extent, you can see that in a lot of families, that pattern of, uh, you know, perhaps the parent had some sort of experience with with upbringing that made them feel like they weren't enough. And then when they have their children, it's all about what they achieve um, and yes. how they how they look, how the family is perceived to the outside world, and so exactly. then you have you know your black sheep sort of scenario uh, creeping in, 
and, you know, if they don't sort of fit the mould of the successful, shiny, bright family. Uh, yep. And and so – and there is a, a huge weight of expectation uh, put on the children – that, as you say, manifests into huge midlife crises and... Um, Volatile Christmas days. Yes. Oh, God, yes. And, <laughs> yeah, comparison of the kids is yep, a big theme. Yep, yep. There's the golden both, child and, yeah. um, you know, and... Who's got which gift? Whose kids got Suzuki level eight? Yes. Um, on the violin? Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 So you can sort of see it to a lesser extent. Now, um, I guess if you were sort of to come across that and you were noticing that intergenerational trauma, I guess the first mm. step in making sure that I guess that cycle stops with you as a parent yep. is to yep. recognise and, yeah, and stop and, and sort of work out how that's showing up in, in your family dynamic, would it be? It's so exciting. There's so many parents at the moment just ready to, like, they've got a, a, an increased awareness that it's a thing. Yeah. They're aware that their own pendulum has swung from not getting what they needed from their their parents and family systems. Because in the movie they talk about family constellations and that's something people after this could have a look at. There's um, constellation workshops where you, I've been to one and it's amazing, but that's another thing. But they can... They can um, they can look at the way that they pigeonhole and over celebrate particular particular skills of a child because our praise of that is going to drive that child to please us extrinsically um, if we over praise on it and it stops us from getting to know the whole child which which is important because um, diversity in our skill sets um, sets us up far better for life than being amazing at one thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. And I think we talked about this, uh, you know, in, in previous episodes is that um, that, that extrinsic um, success, and I put that in air quotes, is mm. celebrated, but we don't often sort of, and we and we see the you know the awards up on Facebook, like you know, oh, you know, little Johnny got an award for um, academic mm. excellence or sport or whatever it is. Um, before little Johnny probably has an opportunity to find out whether that is actually where his passion lies, but we don't yep. necessarily. We are getting better at it in the school system, but we don't necessarily have the award that says. Oh, you know, Matthew stood up and gave his seat to a little boy who um, had nowhere to yeah. eat lunch. And it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It just it just stacks the the weight is stacked in one area and not the other. And yeah, and it's um it's just outlined in the movie so well that the the pigeonholing of kids causes divide. Like the the fact that it was hard for Mirabelle to even want to to hug. Isabella yes. was like they've been pitted against, against each other each just other. through the circumstances. And then let alone Bruno. Gosh, I had a soft spot for Bruno. Oh, I may too. be the Bruno in my family <laughs> between you and I and listeners. But, yep. but yeah, we've got, yeah, like when, when we've got things to say that the family don't want to hear, like often there's family secrets as well that um, some people are willing to put a lid on and others aren't. Um, yeah, like it's. 
yeah, gets tricky quickly. It does, it does. And, yeah, Bruno is, just to sort of explain, Bruno is kept uh, in hidden in the house in a tower and they literally do not talk about Bruno because they believe that everything that he has to say is bad luck. And actually what it is is that he's just calling it like he sees it. And yes. what, But what basically happens is, is that he was the catalyst for change but also yeah. Mirabelle is the catalyst for change. And she brings it to light that while everybody has their amazing gifts and the village thinks that they're all amazing and that sort of thing, inside these family members are not happy and they're not living their true selves. And that is when literally the house starts to fall down around them. The cracking of the family is represented so well in that house. It is. It and, is. And that they need a new foundation is in one of the songs and they they literally go back to the building blocks don't they and build it in a way that's more sustainable because that's the problem with you know the way the dynamics played out and do play out they work short term to keep people in their boxes and keep people compliant but more and more we're learning compliance isn't the way forward in parenting it's a short term um, it feels short term like it works so we keep repeating it, but um, yeah, people having advocacy and um, a voice yes. within a family system is far more healthy. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. And I think um, the movie had such a, a beautiful ending where the house did crumble. Uh, everybody lost their powers or their specialness in inverted commas. Mm. And they did build the house from from scratch based on uh love and compassion and listening to each other and then that house was magic in its own way and I think that we can as as parents uh, and as members of a family have a look at how how the foundations of our houses are sitting and if it's a bit rocky, then we might want to relay those foundations for the generations going ahead. So there really is a lot to learn from this movie. Uh, And I really think that Disney has nailed it because they've really brought um, real life issues to the table and put them centre stage. So there is, it's a movie that you walk away from going, "Mm, there's a lot to think about there. Yeah, <laughs> so good. The rewatch. I just I get more out of every rewatch. Stars don't shine; they burn. Like yes. so, the moving from yeah, needing yeah, like they and constellation shift. So just that, just that um, static versus non-static um, way of looking at a family too. Yes, one hundred percent. Oh, Louise. Yeah, Louise, Louise. Well, look, um, I'm, I'm loving this. I'm loving it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. that, uh, yeah, Disney, I'm excited. I'm really excited by what Disney brought to the table here and what we can take out of it. Uh, so the next time that you roll your eyes because you're going to hear the Bruno song, maybe just sit down and have a look at the deeper 
meaning in the message that Disney is delivering. It is done extremely well. It's extremely clever. And I think that we can learn a lot as a family unit watching this movie. Mel, thanks so much for, uh, you know, reviewing this movie and and breaking it down with me. I've had a lot of fun today. Uh, It is certainly uh, a red-hot topic uh, and Canto at the moment, but uh, I'm so glad that we could uncover uh, some real gold nuggets in the story. Oh, so much there. Thank you, Louise. No worries. That was Mel Burgess from Love Parenting. You've been listening to Raising Wildlings on The Juice.